Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, hey, how you doing? How are you? Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Now, wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today, in the What's Hot Spotlight, is the amazing stage, film, and TV actor, Ron Canada. From East New York to Law & Order SUV, House of Cards, and Blue Bloods, Ron has wild TV fans with his incredible performances. He's also left his mark on iconic shows like Star Trek, The West Wing, Cheers, and Murphy Brown and in unforgettable films like Ventures in Babysitting and National Treasure. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Ron Canada is what's hot. How are you, Ron? Thank you. That's a lovely introduction, Keith. I'm I'm well, thank you. You're quite welcome. I I could have gone on for another page, uh, but I thought that, you know, our our audience would uh, find out more about you as we continue to uh, to have this conversation. So, Ron, it is a a pleasure. And let's just knock this out of the box right away. I went to IMDb and you've got over 156 credits. Uh, they they may be getting ready to upload some more as we speak. I don't know, but but for but you've got 156 credits, so you are a full fledged card carrying actor. Okay. Well, yeah, so, I've been. I've, yes, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, as I ask all my guests, I'd like for us to take the wayback machine. And uh, let's go way back, and you tell us what it was like growing up as little Ron Canada. Well, I grew up um, on uh, what it, what is now Frederick Douglass Boulevard. We 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 call it Eighth Avenue. Um, uh, when I was uh, I came into the world, I was born at, at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital uh, up mm-hmm. near the bridge on 168th Street, right across actually from um, the Audubon Ballroom. Um, ah. uh, which is now um, the Dallas Barbecue Restaurant is right there. Right. I'll be there. <laughs> directly across the street and look at the wall of Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, you'll see a bricked up entrance there and carved into the stone uh, 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 above this closed uh, entrance, it says Baby Hospital right there really? on 168th and Broadway. Yes. It's something you don't notice unless you look up at the wall, carved deeply into the the, the granite, the concrete, or what, whatever, I guess it's granite, baby hospital. That was the point of origin, right there across <laughs> from Dallas Barbecue. Or if you're familiar with the famous photo of Malcolm X on that dark day being wheeled across the street uh, to mm-hmm. the hospital on a gurney, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the emergency room entrance was just a few yards north of there and um so that when you look at that photo as they're pulling the gurney across toward the hospital that uh-huh. is that's the entrance of the point of origin for ron canada um, Wow! <laughs> so right there in broadway so i'm i tell my colleagues now i'm literally a broadway baby because i was born in fantastic broadway, <laughs> you were 
<laughs> so you were born on Broadway. Absolutely. Wow. Um, Fantastic. So that sealed your fate, actually, you know. I guess so. It, m m maybe there was some some destiny or foreshadowing there. But um, uh, then uh, my parents lived at uh, 2421 um, 8th Avenue, which is uh, a, a, was a four-story, uh, like, walk-up tenement building. I think I was trying to remember the other night. I think there were total about eight apartments in 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 the whole building, maybe nine. One one extra one in the um, at the basement level. Um, that um, there are two high rises um, uh, or tall apartment buildings there, and the actual address twenty four twenty one has been removed. I think there's a walkway between these two big buildings right there. At uh, uh -huh. about eighth and a hundred and thirty first, I think. So, um, nineteen fifty five, we moved across the street, moving on up to uh, St. <laughs> Nicholas housing projects, which are still there. NYCHA projects. If anybody wants to know how old those projects are, these are the projects just north of the Apollo, two blocks north of the Apollo, between Frederick Douglass right. and and Adam Clay Powell. There's housing. NYCHA housing project development there. If you want to know how old that is, uh, I can tell you. Uh, it okay. is, uh, this will be the 68th year because we moved in in 1955, okay? Uh, um, and I moved into a building that if you walk out of 237 West 127th Street, if you are able to walk straight through the mm -hmm. uh, intervening blocks toward 125th Street, you would have you would end up at the stage entrance of the Apollo, the back really? entrance. Yes, ah. I'm two blocks exactly north. I, I I lived as a kid from the age of five, two blocks north of the back wall of the Apollo. <laughs> so I guess I also qualify as a native Harlemite. I I I think so. I then, think you do. <laughs> And in 1962, we made another uh, 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 moving on up move over to uh, the other side of City College, the uh, uh, over the hill from St. Nicholas Avenue to Amsterdam, mm -hmm. where there are again another NYCHA uh, projects called the Manhattanville uh -huh. projects, which are just one block down from Convent. Um, the Convent right. Avenue, you 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 walk downhill to Amsterdam. And there are six uh, NYCHA buildings known as the Manhattanville Projects. And I grew up there at 131st and Amsterdam from the age of uh, uh, 12 going on 13. And I went to the little junior high school, which is there, Manhattanville Junior High School, which at one time was attended by the late Harry Belafonte long before, oh, okay. before me. Oh. So it's it's on a little little street, a little street called uh, old Broadway, which exists for only about a block, two blocks between Broadway mm -hmm. and Amsterdam. And um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, I live not far from there now, uh, from the intersection of 125th and Broadway. Again, Broadway, baby, I can't get very far <laughs> from, from Broadway it, it, when I'm in this, when I've lived in this city, I have never lived um, approximately half of my life uh, now, and it's public knowledge uh, all over the internet. I'm 74 years old. So um, 
Um, but Sam Jackson, Ernie Hudson, and Joe Morton are all older than me, by the way. Uh, they, are. <laughs> they all are. Yes. Yes, they all are. They were all born in 1948. I'm born in 1949. Mm -hmm. Just to keep the gotcha. record straight. I'm not throwing any right. hate on anybody. <laughs> because my hair is white, a lot of people uh, have perceived those gentlemen as being somehow younger than me. It ain't so. I'm junior. <laughs> it <tall>. ain't so. <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, but let's get but, but yeah. let's get one thing straight. Yeah, you 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 don't still live in the projects. No, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I live. Let's say I I live within uh, clear view of the Riverside Church. Okay. Oh, okay. I can see okay, the tower. That's 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 the general area. When you know Riverside okay. Church is just uh, you know a few blocks south of the intersection of um, yeah. Broadway and 125th. So yeah. um, I'm 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 back where I began in in many ways. And uh, whoever said you can't go home again uh, was not telling the truth, at least in my case. So I am. And not only that, but you're. Not only that, but you're proof positive that uh, folks can move out of the projects. You know, they, they, you don't have to make it a lifelong, you know. Wow. Absolutely so, not. I mean, I'm I'm under whatever else has happened to me in my life. And I've been fortunate to have some good deal of success in, in American society and in communications industry and in entertainment. Um, the project boy is still under not you don't have to dig very far to find <laughs> especially if you want to get crosswise with me uh i can go back to the project free so fast it'll make your head spin um <laughs> oh so tell you know uh you know so i have some so, yeah go ahead all right so now that we we know the logistics of of how you sort of moved around harlem and everything how did you get the acting bug? When did that uh, happen? Well, um, you know, back then in elementary school, they um, it took us, it, there was a lot of um, cultural exposure um, to elementary kids in the New York school system. I mean, they were always taking us on trips to um, to museums. And, and I was just saying uh, to someone uh, just a couple of weeks ago, by the time I was in seventh grade, I had seen uh, a Shakespeare play. I had seen a ballet. I had mm. seen an opera. I had seen uh, Picasso's great painting, Guernica. I'm a little kid from Harlem. Every once in a while, they would mount up like the sixth grade and the fifth grade, put us on the subway and take us somewhere and expose us to these cultural things. So um, I remember being excited the first time I saw, saw theater, but um, in 1961, I was in a summer program run by Teachers College at Columbia University here, just, just a little south of the area that I'm talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. I was talking about, um, uh, growing up near, and uh, I was in a summer program, and they took us to Stratford, Connecticut, and I saw the first Shakespeare production that I really caught my attention, and mm. um, 
it was Henry V. There was I liked it because there was a lot of sword fighting in it and stuff. <laughs> you know, a Hotspur and the duel and battling dudes with big swords and shields and stuff. So I liked that. And uh, there was uh, a guy on stage that just riveted me. He was playing the role of Hotspur in Shakespeare's Henry V, who's a real mm -hmm. a, a warrior. And to me, he was like a superhero. I can still remember he had a a, a purple and 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 lavender kind of night superhero getup. And I couldn't take my eyes off his act. <laughs> and years later, I ended up. Um, uh, meeting him and working with his wife many, many decades later. His name was Hal Holbrook, who got famous for playing yes, with me. And yes, uh, he okay. kind of lit the fire in me. I said, oh, man, I like this stuff. <laughs> I, I, You know, I want to see more of this. But then mm -hmm. um, later on, um, when I was in high school, I had a close friend, my best friend at the time, went to um, performing arts high school which has morphed into multiple high schools, I get the impression now, but the High School of Performing Arts, which uh, people like like Ben Vereen went there, um, um, uh, graduated, I think, from there in like 64. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a, I'm a, I graduated high school in 66, but my friend went there. It was, it was located on 46th Street um, in an old uh, firehouse uh, building that they had turned into a school. And it was not far from the Actors' Equity headquarters there near Times Square. And um, my friend went there. And um, so I hung out with him. And and I got to meet these actor kids. And they, they seemed real interesting. And they had really live parties. And they had really <laughs> interesting girls. And I, I was uh -huh. in the Bronx. And all then all-boys high school, the distinguished DeWitt Clinton High School up by Van Cortland Park. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were all 7,000 dudes there smelling each other. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I like to hang out with him because he had, you know, girls. And, and um, so it, I would go to movies with him and go to see plays. And I, 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 I said, wow, this seems, I like this. And I just have a feeling. I always had a feeling that I could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't explain that feeling, but I always felt that I understood what I was watching when I was watching performers on film or on stage. But it was the late 60s, and I thought I need to be doing something serious to change the world. You know, it was, uh, wow. um, you know, I graduated high school in 66. It was the height of the Vietnam War. Um, the 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 black um, revolution, such as it was in America, was going on, and I was a young person. Uh, um, I was in my teens and early twenties, and I thought that I had to make a contribution somehow to this change in society. So I put the mm -hmm. act in the farthest corner of my mind. I wanted to be a news guy. Um, really? Yeah, there was a, uh, an anchor man on WNBC, Bob. Oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, 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 he was. Oh, I know who you're talking about. A thin guy. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Dark skin guy with high cheekbones. He was a yes. anchor. Um, yeah. And um, uh, on ABC, there was a guy in the interview show, Gil. Uh, Gil. Gil Nobles. Gil Nobles. Gil Nobles. You know, 
And mm -hmm. I admired these guys, and they seemed to be, you know, contributing and on the edge of what's happening. But you know, um, they were. It seemed to me that they had infiltrated the the establishment, <laughs> was were representing black people, and I decided that, um, you know, I, I wanted to go in that direction. Um, Mm -hmm. complicated story but anyway i ended up becoming a news reporter and uh, nbc sending me to baltimore really? um and uh in the fall of 1971 where i started my news career and i did that for uh, three years in baltimore and then i got a job in washington at the abc uh -huh. affiliate uh and 1974 I, I because local news is national news in dc uh, mm -hmm. I got a, had a White House press pass, 74, 75, wow. 70, 70, 75, 76, 77. And um, then uh, by this time, I'm in my late 20s and I got mm -hmm. an Emmy one day, local Emmy within the, the market. <laughs> oh, great. And uh -huh. 36 hours yeah. later, they fired me. Well, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. After, after you got the Emmy, on. after you got the Emmy, you got fired? 36 hours later, yeah, they said, you know, you don't fit into our plans. Um, and that woke me. That was the first of my understanding of what, you know, business I was in. But at that point, um, I didn't have kids. And um, I, I uh, my that marriage was rocky at the time. I didn't wasn't burdened with, you know, I didn't have a mortgage and all of these things that keep you tied and afraid to make mm -hmm. a move. And so I decided to try to find out what made me happy, where my bliss was, in Joseph Campbell, the philosopher's uh, uh, term, where I found the joy. And, um, and uh, I went to an audition prodded by my ex-wife who said, you know, you always wanted to do this, wanted to. And so I went to an audition and uh, on the very last day, and I was the very last person to audition in in a little theater in Bethesda, Maryland, and I got the lead role in the play. And Good it was you. a Bertolt Brecht play. Um, um, <laughs> talk about high art, but I got, I was the, I became the young male lead in the play. And I've never looked back. I've never looked well, back. That was January 78. And so here I on. am. Yes. Well, Ron, that, that's a good place to take a pause because we've okay. got to uh, take a short break. Uh, I want to let everybody know, everyone know that if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Ron Canada. You've seen him on everything in TV and, and in film. And uh, we'll be right back to listen to, to some more of his journey as we listen to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at 
Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. Where Coca Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back uh, to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Don't forget to go to our website at harlemamerica.com. Check out some of our uh, shows and, and articles. And don't forget to download the Harlem America app to your phone or TV so you can watch some of our uh, TV shows. In fact, uh, this particular show will eventually get into uh, post-production and uh, we're going to do some uh, editing and you'll be able to, to watch Ron tell this wonderful story that he's telling us. Uh, so, Ron, let's continue now. So uh, when we took our break, you had just gotten your first role. Tell us from there what happened. Well, that that started me on um, the journey. I knew that I loved it. I, 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 I had a sensation. Everything at the beginning it came. Uh, it's, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging here. That's not what I'm doing. But everything came easy. The things that you have to learn, the basics of acting, it's I had the sensation of of remembering, of awakening from a long sleep, like I'd been Rip Van Winkle, and I was, oh yeah, I remember this and I remember that. That was the the sensation that I had. Um, mm-hmm. So I was a- auditioning for small parts and and I I begun to do uh, voiceovers, a, a field that you you were very familiar with. Uh, to yes. keep you know keep some income coming in and um mm-hmm. and dc in the dc baltimore market the, people don't realize that the U- united states federal government makes a lot of training material for various government agencies and for the military and so forth and they hire actors to be in these training films, right? Oh, so yeah. a lot of, at least in my time, uh, in mm-hmm. in the uh, late seventies and throughout the eighties and nineties, there was uh, um, employment available if you were good to go work for the army, or the uh, navy, or for the IRS in training films designed. To for the government employees or the military employee, uh, the military, the soldiers and sailors, 
on various mm-hmm. training procedures, they show them a video, right? And the video would be some actor like me saying, hi, I'm Admiral John Jefferson. And <laughs> today we're here to talk about maintenance procedures on the F-14 fighter. And, you know, I post that thing as a, quote, military officer with all the stuff on, but I was, in uh-huh. fact, and everybody in the film would be an actor. An actor. Right? Because you right. you can't take real people and throw them in this situation and and get a product efficiently. It takes actors right. to play real people. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I did a lot of that, and I did a lot mm-hmm. of stage, a lot of stage for very little or, or almost no money, but the cornerstone of being good, uh, a good actor, I, I feel, is, is 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 found on on the stage, which is what I'm doing right now. The project I'm I'm off Broadway at the Signature Theater. Um, it's called it's called Pay the Writer. Pay the Writer is the is the name of the play, and and, um, mm-hmm. and people seem to be enjoying it a great deal. But maybe we'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. um, I was trying. And the good thing about becoming an actor in D.C. at that time is, in order to survive. In a city that is dedicated to to the government and very conventional kinds of work, in order to survive as an actor, you had to do everything. You had to do commercials. You had to get a voiceover whenever you could. You had to do uh, 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 training films. Um, you 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 did plays. Um, if a movie came to town, you did background. I remember being background on a. Um, the Seduction of Joe Tynan, which starred Alan Alda and, and Meryl Streep, uh, <laughs> you know, and being in the background in scenes with 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 uh, with them um, and being in the background and scene with Al Pacino in Baltimore mm, uh, wow. in the movie and Justice for All. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, one of his bigger successes, um, various the movies would come through and shoot in D.C. and Baltimore. And all the background performers, of course, would be local. And people uh, fail to realize a lot of times when they're watching a movie, all those people, you know, the scene in the department store, all those people shopping and being clerks and so forth, they're not real people. They're all professional members of the Screen Actors (laughs) Guild. They're actors in the background of just about every series of movie that you ever see. They don't speak, but they're called background. They used to be called extras. Now they're called background performers or background artists. They are being paid to appear to be real people engaged in random behavior when the behavior is not random at all. It's crafted <laughs> by the director, crafted. the assistant director. So, but th- that those experiences were valuable because I got to be on a mo- on actual movie sets and 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 uh, uh, big television projects and be able to to see what was going on and, and, and what the procedures were and how it all worked. And, um, you know, eventually I got a speaking part in a very bad remake of The Invisible Man called The Man Who Wasn't There. And I spoke my first <laughs> lines in a brief scene with Steve Gutenberg in uh. a very terrible movie. Um, and it's funny because I've gone on to work with with uh, all of the participants in the Three Men and a Baby uh, uh, series. Oh, really? I've worked multiple times with Ted Danson, multiple mm-hmm. times with Tom Selleck, and once with Steve mm-hmm. Gutenberg. 
And uh, uh, so I, a weird connection to the movie Three Men and a Baby, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, but I but know. but you yeah. made the connection. <laughs> you made the uh, connection. But anyway, um, um, <laughs> so I began to get speaking parts. I was in um, a series of, about George Washington with uh, uh, the late Patty Duke and the late Jacqueline Smith and um, uh, 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 Barry Boswick um mm-hmm. uh played George Washington and and uh, m- me and the late Mike Hodge played um oh my Washington's body men um and we were local DC actors who mm-hmm. it had been determined well if you have to have guys speak lines and you have to hire locals you can get these guys you know and so Mike and I um uh played uh, George Washington's um uh close uh, body men as slaves at, okay. at uh, Mount Vernon. Um, it was a historical, you know, it was one of those historical uh, drama things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and getting small parts like like that, I worked with Martin Sheen. I was first met, worked with Martin Sheen and Stan Shaw on a scene on a cold February day out on the mall where I played a... a uh, DC cop, a metropolitan police officer, first of many, many police officers that I've That's right. You yeah. Um and and um that's when I met Martin, who was the courteous, humane gentleman that uh he is now. He was even then um um respectful and caring to his fellow performers, mm-hmm. caring about mm-hmm. us who were just the local hires. So it was it was yeah. That's that's how I got, you know, learned the ropes doing doing all of that stuff in D.C. Well, uh, we're going to talk more about that. We're also going to talk about the play. But but right now, full disclosure, since you mentioned many of the police officers that you played, uh, one day my agent called me and uh, I had to do a self audition to play a the father of a police uh, captain or commissioner or whatever. And so, you know, with this self-audition thing, you got to move furniture around in your house in order to try and make a scene. And and I spent, you know, maybe about two hours working on the uh, the audition. And it was it was an audition where uh, for East New York. Uh, and uh, I was supposed to uh, audition for the father. So I auditioned for the father. And I figured I did a pretty good job. And I sent the, the tape in and didn't hear anything from anybody. Weeks and weeks went by. So I, I was sitting in front of the television one day wondering, well, who is going to play a father? When is the episode coming on? What scene is it going to be in? And I'm sitting there and I'm looking. And all of a sudden, I see Ron Canada. <laughs> Ron Canada. Man, of course, you 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 made a better police. I mean, a better uh, father than I would to to the police uh, officer. But but you you you've been in many many police series. How, how many do you think you you've uh, acted in? Oh, police! Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I think I've played a policeman or a sheriff or a detective. I mean, IMD has the all these things figured out, but I think maybe probably. Uh, two dozen, uh, conservatively, two dozen times. Uh, I, I guess I had just have the look as the young young, young men in the street say a five zero. I, I guess uh, <laughs> uh, you know they, they refer to the police uh, uh, in some 
corners of our mm -hmm. of the urban landscape. You know, the policemen well, are identified as five oh. I guess I have some kind of demeanor that um that works, or at least as the movie and television industry, the way they see policemen. Also, I know I have heard from policemen. Policemen like my portrayals of policemen. They have told they me do. They, they do. They like it. They do. Well, well, the connection was with East New York. You were a retired police officer. Yes. And uh, yeah, and the was detective. under suspicion. Yes, yeah, the detective, detective under suspicion. Uh, suspicion. Shady. A, 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 a character who appeared questionable, even to his daughter, played by the fantastic Amanda Warren. Um, right. And, uh, it was a series also that was produced, it, it created and produced by two young African American. American producers, and oh. unfortunately, the show uh, didn't didn't um, you know it was not picked up, and uh, it was I, it I was disappointed because a lot of people it was a quality show, and it, it had was. my 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 old friend Jimmy Smithson as her mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, it had Ruben yes. Santiago uh, Hudson as one of the officers who yes. worked for her. Um, uh, so I mean, it was a quality. Richard Kind um, uh, as one of her. Um, uh, subordinates they, they were quality people mm -hmm. in it and um oh, yeah. it was a good show and it was good writing and, and those uh, two young men will surface again um but yeah yeah it, it yeah, i played a lot every just about every variety of policemen uh including fbi <laughs> special agent in charge uh you know uh, uh u.s attorney um all the way down to beat cops to there was a show I did in New York when, when before I moved out to California with uh, Michael Beach uh, 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 mm -hmm. as uh, as a policeman. Um, I can't remember the type, the name of it. It was 1986, 87. Um, um, yeah, lots of police. <laughs> well, well, okay. So now you know you have uh, uh, had, uh, like I said before, over 156 credits uh, in. Uh, on IMDb, well, what your most memorable role uh, to this day? What is it? Well, I would like to think. For me, it was a high quality film, and it 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 was uh, the only one I've been in so far that was nominated for. Um, an Oscar for, for John Sayles, the director who wrote the original screenplay, is called Lone Star. And mm -hmm. um, that's a cowboy uh, movie. Uh, no, it's a modern Western about Texas and the border. It's very germane to what's going on in the border today. It stars, mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, it has Matthew McConaughey, Chris Cooper. It was one of the great first movies that vaulted Chris Cooper. I play um, Joe Morton's father. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, he's uh, Joe uh, Morton's father. You, but you guys are about the same that. age. You guys about yeah, the same he's, age. he's a year older than me, actually. Uh, but uh, his hair was mysteriously dark at the time. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's goes with the bald look now. Um, but, um, and my hair was, has been white for a long time. So, uh, I played his dad and the great dancer, uh, and actress Carmen de la Bilad played oh. my, um, uh, his stepmother, my 
you know, uh, uh, wife uh, in the mm -hmm. time of the movie. Uh, mm -hmm. So I got to work and, and to know Carmen, a fantastic, uh, elegant, wonderful lady. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, um, Latanya, Latanya Richardson, uh, Mrs. Sam Jackson is also in the right. movie. Um, uh -huh. And just a plethora of, of uh, good actors. And it is a movie that has something to say to the border situation that is plaguing and confounding the country. And it was made in, uh, I think we made it in 1994. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I would say see it. I'm proud to be a part of that movie. Um, um, uh, it is a high level of artistic achievement. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I really like that one. Um, there's a, a movie where I play Don Cheadle's boss that also has a fantastic cast called the United States of Leland where mm. I'm, 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 I'm in it. Kerry Washington is in it. Uh, just a, a, Ryan Gosling uh, plays the title character Leland. Um, mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey before he got deeply in trouble who produced it and um, played mm -hmm. uh, Ryan's father. So that movie um, and there's a movie uh, where Anthony Hopkins plays a uh, professor at a very expensive college that everyone thinks is white, who's actually a black man who's passing for white. Mm. It also has Kerry Washington. It has Anna DeVere Smith. It has Winthrop Miller, um, Ed Harris, uh, Nicole uh, Kidman, uh, Anthony mm -hmm. Hopkins, as I said, um, Gary Sinise. It's called um, mm. The Human Stain. And it was based on a novel by Philip Roth. Uh, Philip Roth, you know, is from New Jersey. Um, and mm -hmm. it, 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 the character starts off in Orange, New Jersey. Uh, Harry Lennox plays um, the, the character's uh, father. Uh, Anna Harry's been on the show. Plays a mother. Yeah, it's called The Human Stain. Mm -hmm. And Hollywood didn't know what to do with that subject matter. It mm -hmm. was too, too... Close to the bone. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, it talks about a part of American life that, you know, was revisited uh, by um, the great young Tessa Thompson and Rebecca Hall and Ruth Nega last year in a movie called Passing. And with it, as time goes on, you know, there's more of a will willingness to look at these this stuff on the borders of America's r r racial uh, yes. DNA, if you will, and but back when this movie was made, even though it was chock a block with stars and Oscar nominees, it was directed by Mr. Robert Benton, who had directed Kramer versus Kramer. I mean, wow. it was it had all the juice, and Hollywood dropped it like a hot rock. They didn't want to sell it. They didn't want to promote it. They didn't want anybody to see it. See it. <laughs> that firepower that this cast really. Had. And um, uh, but I was grateful. I got to 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 work with with with, with Sir Anthony, and uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, that was you know that's the highest level, you know, in in the film acting business when you're on set with people like that. Um, and then I I I had a, just a great experience doing the movie Cinderella Man. Uh, it was about 10, 10 11 weeks. 
uh, in mm -hmm. Toronto, where I was with working with Russell Crowe every day, and just as importantly, uh, it, it, Russell played a, 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 a heavyweight champion, Jim Braddock, but in his corner was the great Angelo Dundee. Get down. Trainer Get of down. Muhammad Ali oh, and yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard. And mm. I called him the maestro and he called me the professor. And yeah. <laughs> we were together for 10 weeks and I got to ask him every boxing question that I could think of and listen to his storytelling and just be around his great persona. And that which gives me one degree of separation. Um, well, I'd, I'd met Ray Leonard and Muhammad um, uh, in, in my prior, in my news career. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I felt very, very close to them by being so close to Angelo every day. And I met Angelo's son and his grandson. And we, uh, he was a lovely, he was a wonderful man. Well, and um, that was, that was thrilling. So anyway, Cinderella Man, well, if you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Fantastic. We've got about 20 seconds before we take a break, and then we come yep. back with our last segment where we're going to really um, talk about some really, uh, well, some important stuff. Well, not that this hasn't been important, but I'm G. Keith Alexander, and you've been listening to Ron Canada on What's Hot Harlem America. And uh, don't go away because uh, we've got some more stuff to talk about. you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. So, Ron, uh, we're here with Ron Canada. Uh, we were talking about some of the, the roles that you are known for, and uh, we uh, spoke about you playing police officers and, and, and judges and lawyers and things like that. But there are other characters that you're that you've been seen playing where you smile and why, you know, where you are uh, a, a more of a uh, how can I say? Uh, your personality is much different than, than, than being so serious. L let's talk about that. For those listeners and viewers 
who may not be as uh, uh, aware of your work, tell us about some of the sitcoms that you've been in. Well, um, uh, I certainly had a couple of years as a recurring role as uh, Flex Alexander's father on One on One, which was a very popular uh, sitcom for, I, I guess, a lot of people, uh, especially uh, people of color under 35, uh, from 35 on down to maybe uh, 20 on seeing reruns, know me as Kyla Pratt's dad on that that sitcom. Um, and I recurred on that for uh, two, I can't remember, three years or two years. Mm -hmm. um, there was a series with um, um, uh, called Hanging with Mr. Cooper on a ABC where yes. I played the, 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 the basketball coach at uh, uh, the uh, high school, where uh, Mark, uh, the the lead uh, uh, the lead actor playing Mr. Cooper, where he he worked, um, I uh, had a, a couple of uh, episodes that people found memorable. I played uh, a character known as the Genie of Weenies. I ran the fast <laughs> food establishment that um, Darius McRae, his character Eddie on um, Family Matters, uh, he worked for me. And he got involved with my daughter. And uh, then Urkel had to step in and pretend to be taking out the girl on a date. And there was some, you know, well-known and uh, infamous uh, interactions between me and uh, and 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 uh, Khalil, uh, uh, Urkel, that Urkel. Uh, people people seem to enjoy. I, I have the. An episode of um, uh, an another sitcom um, that the majority audience, I guess, in country watch, Murphy Brown. Mm -hmm. I did a lot, a lot. Oh, Amen with the late Sheldon Hemsley and oh, uh, yeah. Horsford. Um, Sherman, Sherman Hemsley. Sher Sherman, Sherman yeah. Hemsley. Uh, not another very nice man. Lovely. Oh. Um, but I got to work with George Jefferson himself, you know. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there are a lot, there are people who know me from my drama career, the, the mm -hmm. NYPD blues and the law and orders and, and, uh, uh, the things we've talked about before Boston legal and judges and prosecutors, and then there are a whole set of people and they don't know my sitcom career and there are a whole right. bunch of people who know me from sitcoms right? and think of me as a funny dad or irascible boss you know, with a with a with a heart of gold. Um, oh, oh, the the twins, the um, the the show with the two lovely so, young was it sister to sister? Sister, or? sister. yes, yeah, sister to sister. I had an uh, episode of that. Um, you know, I appeared on all, a lot of these black um um uh, the black sitcoms. Um, I think I have a, a living single. I have hmm. a, a well an episode of that. I think I was in an episode of. Um, the Wayans brothers uh, with, um, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, a lot, a lot. A, a lot Those of... people don't know anything about West Wing and the West Wing people don't know the list of shows that I just spoke of. So I have a kind of, uh, depending on your taste, you'll find me there, but you won't <laughs> be aware of a whole other part of, of my career. And well, the, the stage is a whole other thing. Well, I, I was just getting to that. Let's talk about the stage play that you're in now, Pay the Writers. Uh, give us a synopsis. Well, um, Pay the Writer is about 
of the life crisis of a character named Cyrus Holt. And Cyrus Holt has won the couple Pulitzer Prizes and he is he is on a level. He's one of the world's great uh, novelists. Um, he's on a level with, uh, as the writer conceives him, of, of uh, James Baldwin or uh, 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 Toni Morrison or Norman Mailer or Philip Roth. or He's, he's that kind of literary giant. And he's at a crisis point in his life. And in pursuit of his art, he has been at times neglectful and even abusive to the people close to him. Mm. And he's got to try to straighten that out uh, to get past this crisis. And that's mm-hmm. that's basically the um, the thrust of the of the play. And uh, Marcia Cross is in there with you. Yeah. Marcia Cross is known as the one of the the desperate housewives. Um, uh, it plays, uh, Cyrus's ex-wife who's been, he's been estranged from for 20 years. She's the mother of his two children who is also, um, distant from, and they are, are 40 and 39. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to do at this particular point that he's arrived in his life, he's trying to do some repair work. He's trying to redeem some of these relationships. And uh, uh, all is in, 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 the, um, uh, in the stream of his relationship of 45 years with his literary agent, um, who's played by uh, Brian Batt, um, mm-hmm. who has uh, championed his career and guided it for for 45 years a long they've had a longer relationship with each other than any relationship other relationships in their lives and um uh cyrus is a straight man and and uh uh, uh Brustin, his agent is a gay man and it's about also the tensions in that relationship over a long period of time um mm. cyrus in pursuit of his art has abused a lot of his relationships and now He's got to re- try to as best he can to repair them. That's basically the story. But it sounds grim, but there are a lot of laughs. There, there's a lot of, <laughs> of, of, of witty uh, repartee that goes back and forth, and audiences laugh and they cry. And um, it, it um, may not be beloved of the critics, but I don't ever care what they say. Um, but the audiences, the people. Uh, seem to be going away from the theater quite satisfied so i'm, I'm... And, it, and it's co-produced by my friend and she was also a guest on my show brenda braxton brenda a, a thank, great, yes a great brenda talent is one of the and a beautiful lady um and yes. classy it's all you know i mean and it, funny it, with it, her shenanigans yes yes but i i just you know i've just met her recently and and uh whenever i see her i i just hear Duke Ellington's sophisticated lady going off in my head, you know, <laughs> um, but she's, uh, she's one of the, the, the key producers and it's so good to have her there. Um, and to, to sort of know that, um, everything was going under her eye and she and mm-hmm. Brian, who plays my agent, they go mm-hmm. back to cats. They were in cats together. Oh. Um, oh. so they have a long relationship, but uh, yeah, it's great to see, uh, a, a, a black woman on Broadway wearing the producer's hat. That's, that's pretty fantastic. 
we're we're getting ready to wind down. This has been really, really wonderful. I want to ask you uh, real quickly. Mm-hmm. Have you had any regrets? Anything you had to give up to become the Ron Canada that you are now? Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I uh, it pursuing one's art it always demands a price and sacrifice. And um, you know, uh, I at this point in life, I live alone. I don't have any children. I don't. You know, um, my marriage is a thing of the past, the long, long ago past. And so um, it has been something of a solitary uh, journey. It's not a journey that that, um, you know, I regret uh, because I love what I do. But the dedication and focus that it takes to reach a certain level in any art oftentimes um, has a takes an emotional toll. For some people, it ends up being various kinds of addictions. Uh, For others, it becomes strained personal relationships um, or having to make personal relationships secondary to the pursuit of craft and art. And uh, yeah, so yeah, would I like to have a a couple of grandkids scamps to take to the park? Yes, yes, I would. Um, (laughs) Would I like to know that... um, at some point, if I have to be spoon-fed applesauce, there'll be some <laughs> long-time companion to do that. Uh, yeah, I would like that, but it ain't. It isn't what it the way it uh, worked out. And I always like to look at things from the glass being half full. I like to approach life every day with an attitude of gratitude. I'm uh, from a project boy, just off 125th Street there's a Wikipedia page about me and 200 plus images on that are circulated around the world. I had a young man come up to me in front of the theater and asked to take a picture with me. And he said to me in his heavily accent, you were my favorite policeman when I was growing up. I said, where are you from? I said, Germany, Middle East. He said, I am a Russian. I said, and where did you watch me as a policeman? Oh, I grew up in Moscow. I always watch you, Moscow, <laughs> Russia. Okay. Wow. I'm a kid from well, Ron, the projects. So, Ron, Ron Canada, uh, thank you. We 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 we've got to go, uh, but this has been great. We've got about 20 seconds before we've got to leave the show. But you have been a wonderful special guest, and uh, we uh, thank you for taking the time. And we want folks to go see Pay the Writers at the which theater? Signature Theater, 42nd and 10th. Fantastic. Thank you so very much. You have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Thank and you. Thank Appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll see you next Friday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.